You're listening to Always Building. All right, guys, welcome to the Always Building podcast. Uh, today we've got Jackson Blackledge on, uh, and this is going to be really interesting, man. This is a huge space right now, uh, you know, e-commerce and paid ads, and I know stuff you guys want to hear about. So uh, he's the founder of JRB Media, and um, he's awesome on Twitter, giving a bunch of free value and stuff. So I want to welcome you, uh, Jackson, and kind of uh, just kick it off by asking you about kind of how you got into this and uh, what your past looks like, like where you're from, uh, what kind of educational background you've got, um, just any kind of details you can give us about kind of like what you were doing before and, and how you ended up uh, where you're at today. Yeah, I appreciate, yeah. It. appreciate it, Alex. Thank you for having me, like I mentioned before. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, I am the founder of Jabby Media. We specialize in scaling econ brands. Uh, our bread and butter is Facebook ads, but we uh, also offer email marketing in the back end and conversion rate optimization, etc. Um, but yeah, so my journey kind of started when I was 16, 15, 16. Um, I was in like year 10, so or year 10 in, in Australia. I'm not sure what it's like over in America, but I think it's like, what is it in America? Yeah, I think it's college. Uh, at 15 or 16, you're in high yeah. school, no? You're in like first year of, no, second year of high school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, 15, 16, that's when I literally YouTubed how to make money online. So I went down that rabbit hole. Um, so um, I'm not too sure. I think it was Scott Hillsfield phase um, or someone that was uh, doing dropshipping. So everybody, I feel like 80% of the e-commerce nerds start off with dropshipping. And then, uh, yeah, so I started off with dropshipping. I uh, started with that, built up a few stores, failed with a few. Uh, ran up a few to like five figures per month um, with some solid profit margins. Um, and then from there, I was introduced to uh, a mate of mine now called Noah Tuck. I did many courses in the past, but nothing really resonated. So I just went directly for kind of like a mentor or a coach. And at the time, I was working at McDonald's in, in Australia. So it was like 14 bucks an hour. Um, so I dropped a few K uh, and became one of uh, Noah. Noah's students. He now runs Social Snowball. Big shout out to Noah. He's a beast in the space. Um, and yeah, so I decided to really just take action. Um, there was a huge learning curve at the, uh, at the start as I kind of like figured out which products sold best, where to source the products, and really like what to do. And I learned a lot of things the hard way, but it, it like meaning like profit margins and what not to do and what to do. Because at the beginning, I literally just thought, bang customer buys it and then the uh supplier will post it out but then then you get the emails of unhappy customers and then you get the uh the plugins that you have to put in and you're like oh damn so one thing i learned there was definitely customer service like uh, jeff bezos says uh, is very crucial um so yeah that was, like i said that was a learning curve um once i worked out like the kinks and stuff i scaled my way up to my first ever four-figure day which is beautiful Making a thousand bucks online in one day was a small, like it's pretty small in grand scheme of things, but it just opened my eyes. Like even when I made my first sale and I got that Shopify notification, the cha-ching, I was like, oh shit, damn. Um, so yeah, it opened my eyes as a 17-year-old kid to what was actually possible. Um, Dropshipping was a great start, but I knew I wanted something different, um, something that I could kind of own for myself. And this is, and that's when I launched um, uh, a growth, which is actually a clothing brand, like a men's streetwear brand. Um, and launching a clothing brand, like we'd have boxes come in. I was talking to like suppliers in China and stuff like that. Um, and the supplier that I had was actually the same supplier um, as a company Dope, D-O-P-E, that is yeah. out. Um, and yeah, so lots of, so it came out of the same factory. Um, so the quality was really high, which is great. But yeah, just just having fun. Like I would get my mates together, we design clothes together, um, go back and forth and get new kind of like stuff for the season, if it be winter or summer. But yeah, launching the clothing brand was much smoother as I was able to handle logistics, source high quality products much easier, thanks to like the dropshipping experience and stuff. Learning from guys like Iman um, Gadzi, Faze Wasani, Luca Nets. Luca Nets is a goat within, within the econ space. Mm-hmm. Huge shout out to them. Um, yeah, so they they gave me like a ton ton of experience. 
Um, so yeah, growth scaled pretty quickly. As I mentioned, we're brand huge in the UK. Um, as we hit ads um, over there a lot, with our hottest items being like tracksuits and puffer jackets and stuff like that. Um, and since I was still in school, I dropped. Well, on the way to school, it was like an hour for me because we moved out of town for a bit, and I was like last year in high school. So I had the back of my car, like little hatchback, back of my car full with like parcels and stuff like that, dropping like two to three k off of inventory at the post office. I had to link up with the post office um, like manager and say, "Yo, I'm come on, swinging by like an hour early, got to drop off a bunch of stuff." So they were really, really good for that. Um, so that was funny, um, but I, I wound up, I, mean, I ended up selling that brand. Um, and then um, it was sold for like 15, 20K. Um, and then that's when I used the capital to um, kind of start other projects, going back into dropshipping um, and starting JRB Media. And before actually going deep into JRB Media, I actually started an electrical apprenticeship, which is like an electrician. Mm-hmm. I was an electrician for like a year and a half. Um, and yeah, I just deep down, I just knew like this ain't for me. Like, and I, I was I was nervous because obviously my parents and stuff. A lot of kids grow up with their parents saying do this, do that. Well, and like not do this, do that, but kind of like no, you got to get a nine to five. You could like do this. Like nine to five is like fine, but like deep down, it just wasn't for me. And I wanted to make money online and kind of like kind of explore that. So like a year and a half in, I just I said to my even my boss, he was like, is this really for you? Because I spoke to him about dropshipping stuff like that and I'd be selling stuff while I'm at work like on the side on Facebook and stuff like that because um, I have an indoor plant business as well not like like marijuana or anything actual indoor plants so um, I'll show you what they so this sort of stuff so like I'd sell like plants and stuff on the side cool. so that's another side thing that I do as well but I'd be selling them like on marketplace and stuff while I'm like wiring up someone's house and shit like that I'm like Calling people and stuff, gotta get that, gotta get that sale. So yeah, my head was really no into it. So ended up leaving the apprenticeship year and a half in. Told my parents that my boss just gave me like a month, month worth of um, paid leave, but I just left because I was that nervous to tell them. But then they kind of worked out. Like yeah, he's definitely left. And then I told him. Um, so yeah, I, I invested the money that I made selling the, um, selling the, selling the clothing brand into the agency. Started with a course uh, with Kai Bax. He's another mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and biggest biggest tip, or one a tip for people out there as well, is like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So what I did was just just applied what I already knew from the past to my agency and listened to what people who had um, passed on it and like um, customers and clients want really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like, amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Really great, dude. Really great. Um, I got a couple questions for you. I'm going to kind of dig in a little bit. We'll see, uh, you know, yeah, if the people can, you know, get, get some value, you know, even more value. I think, uh, yeah, not going, not, not reinventing the wheel is a great way to start, especially in e-com, right? Um, So I'm curious, um, are you still running e-com brands right now of your own or are you like fully committed to the agency? Yeah, well, good question. Because the thing is like, the past year, I'm like running up the agency, kind of focus on that, um, and like 80% of it is kind of like um, kind of handled, right? Logistic, like because um, if you go into it, and you think it's going to be like really easy. You think you can just sell, not sell a like a client, but like get a client, get two clients, get a somebody to help you run ads, or you can run the ads yourself, um, and then uh, kind of get a closer. But it's it's it, there's so much more logistics that go into it but then i was able to work out how to like kind of automate it a little bit but going i haven't got any brands at the moment but 2022 that's i'm really wanting to start another brand or two really try and scale that and because i just had i don't know the enjoyment about building brands and even dropshipping man like dropshipping with tiktok ads at the moment is going crazy like money twitter with tiktok ads I look at that here and there. Um, I'm like, damn, I gotta get on that. Not just <laughs> the potential, bro. Yeah, the bug, the bugs bite you again, man. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, let's talk about agency logistics, man. You just mentioned that, and I think um, so. You know, it sounds like your plans are definitely in the future to to build more brands and kind of you know get that creative. Uh, 
blow happening again because yeah. I, you know, I know that's super fun. Uh, so what what do the logistics look like for you? Like, are you uh, currently running sales and stuff, or like how 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 do you kind of operate your business right now? I'm kind of curious. Yeah. So at the moment, um, I have a closer, mm -hmm. uh, and then we we've, we've got a team of media buyers. Um, and when it comes down to, um, and then I've just got a bunch of like, like that, like, uh, softwares and stuff that really help as well. But when it comes down to email outreach, I did it in house. Um, but then there's a bunch of amazing B2B sort of lead gen agencies that are kind of like pay per call. Um, yeah, like knowledge X, Andre, um, oh, yeah. Christian and stuff like that, like beasts in the space. Um, and I, I kind of lean down that way for email outreach and stuff like that. So it's it's very much sort of like hands off at the moment other than like fulfillment. You've just got to make sure fulfillment, meaning you can actually generate client results and then you'll get referrals and you'll, um, you'll then be able to run ads and stuff like that to get more clients, et cetera. Awesome, man. And so you're, so you have a team doing fulfillment or something, or are you still actually in the cockpit, like doing the, the Facebook ads? Yeah, well, I'm like 10, 20% in the cockpit at the moment. Um, but I was like 100% in the cockpit. And then I was like, yo, like, I wanted to be able to start an agency. So like, I wasn't doing this, but responding to clients. Um, at the moment, I just respond to clients for feel a little bit and then help where I need. So like creatives um, and stuff like that. But yeah, I've got a team of media buyers that I'll handle all that and their base. So yeah, shout out to the uh, team at Javi Media. Fantastic. Fantastic. And then as far as uh, getting new clients, so you mentioned that you kind of have your in-house uh, cold email uh, going. I, I love the shout out to KnowledgeX. Those guys are like brilliant in this in this space for sure. So yeah, yeah. I haven't heard of those guys and you're an e-com uh, agency. Definitely peep them. But um, as far as the in-house cold email program and stuff like that, are you uh, maybe just a little bit of insight on that on kind of like what you're doing? Obviously, you don't need to give away the, the secrets, but I'm, I'm kind of curious, um, you know, what, what ways you're sort of prospecting and like keeping the sales pipeline full and everything. Yeah, definitely recommend everybody to just read this by Homozi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when it comes to, yeah. When it comes down to um, emails, the the greatest subject line that I found when I was doing emails was "coffee next week?" question mark Because people would nice. be like, "Oh, did I organize something?" Because they feel bad. Um, so yeah, got a lot of open right there. But when it comes down to kind of like the sequences and stuff, it's just about having like a a unique sort of style. So I'm a person that I'm like a gift person that sends like gifts in group chats and shit like that. Yeah. So it's just that or making their day or funny or taking 10 seconds to do something customized for them. Um, and because you remember these guys get like 10, 20 emails about the same stuff every day. Yep. So even if that be like you mix it up and send an email at like, you can even try sending an email to them at like I don't know, 10 PM or early in the morning. Cause they usually get all their emails during the day. Um, totally. Um, hit them up through other channels and stuff like that. So just being unique, having like, um, you don't have, if you're not fully confident within your service, you don't have to have guarantees, but you can just rename your offer in like a more sexier way. So instead of saying, I run paid ads or I run email marketing, mm -hmm. um, you can say something like, um, I take a brand's top three selling products and turn them into, and like, I don't know, 2x their sales within 90 days or something like that. So you want to you want to give them a sense of um, sexiness within the offer and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean it's so much about the offer. I love the subject line, man. Coffee next week? Question mark. That's uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, people. I, I think uh, you would probably agree that people need to start getting a lot more creative with that stuff, you know, because I think it's a lot of the same formula going around, sent at the same time yeah. of day, all that stuff. Yeah, and there's different channels you can try. You can, like, I've tested ads as well. Um, like, you can go through Instagram. You can hire um, like a VA and stuff to kind of train them up and get them going on organically. Building up a social presence on like organically is amazing too. Like, yeah, I started really trying within Twitter maybe three months ago, um, and I'm nearly 500 followers. So um, when I got my first 100 followers, it was like, damn, like that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> so definitely kind of getting your name out there. You don't have to kind of portray that you're a beast within the space, but if you just set your account up to kind of show that you know what you're doing, flex some results mm -hmm. and then go from there. 
and just network with the right people. Money Twitter is amazing for that. So um, link up with some like email marketers, um, conversion rate people, and then you can yeah. get clients from each other and stuff like that. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of synergy in there. This actually leads me into a question I was going to ask you that I had written down um, about partnerships. I was curious if you, you know, were utilizing partnerships, um, if you had like other um, agencies that you worked with or other like influencers or, or sort of like how you were, um, you know, any kind of partnership stuff, because I get really uh, excited about that kind of stuff, you know, the, yeah, the non, non-linear yeah. stuff, no? 100%. Well, yeah, that's within the kind of like networking and partnerships realm. Um, I've got uh, because you come, you become good mates with these people. So, so uh, like like I mentioned, Knowledge X, I was one of their clients, but now we're to the point where we're good, we're good friends. And they, if they see a post on Twitter, somebody needs ads, they they uh, let them know that they give them my name. But I do the same. Anybody and everyone that comes to me and like when like um, they, they need leads or they're, they're struggling within the space, we do. Um, I will send them kind of like their way um, or I will kind of give them um, to other other partners as, as well. Um, but then, yeah, email marketing. Um, I work with a close friend of mine called Ethan from Mailbox. Um, really amazing at what he does. And you, you've got to be able to know that they can produce results. Um, and then they're just genuine people. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good to have those people under your belt. Because one, you can send clients to them and in return, they'll send clients to you. But yeah, I've got a conversion rate optimization agency that I work with as well. Jacob, um, forgot his last name, so <laughs> feel bad for that, but yeah. Okay, we'll link to it. Yeah, we'll link to it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great, man. Wow. So I, I love that answer. I think, you know, that's something that... Um, you know, growing an agency all alone is like the worst thing you can do is always the thing I think, you know, it's just having even just that moral support, like you said, from Dre and the guys, right? It just helps so much. Correct. Because you, you, obviously you're sitting in your office or whatnot. And if you don't have uh, kind of like if you're working remote, but you have a team online. Mm-hmm. It's funny. My mom the other day was like, like, do you talk to anybody when you work? I'm like, yeah, I've got like a bunch of people that we uh, we mess like we hang out with, talk about and stuff like that. It's like Twitter and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that was funny. It's crazy. You, you meet a bunch of people in the space, network and learn skills um, that they have and then kind of just link up and really work together to build a better. Well, and you brought up, you know, Alex Hermosi and these kind of guys too, where there's just, you know, these, these guys are, they're kind of like a unique breed uh, in the space as well that are kind of popping up. I kind of see, you know, you and Andre and a lot of the other guys on Money Twitter sort of, you know, going down that path slowly, right? Like where you guys will end up being that too, where I think, you know, it used to be the Tony Robbins model and the Ty Lopez and the, you know, the 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 onstage motivational, you know, like hurrah, hurrah. And then they have the like Lamborghini and the thing, you know, this whole thing. And now there's this new crop of guys who's like, look, man, it's it's a little more, it can be a little more real than that. You know, you don't need to, you know, over-sensationalize, right? That's it, that's it. Yeah, I'm the type of guy that, uh, I'd love to buy uh, a fully seeked up car, but then I'm like, yo, I could invest that and like chuck that into like Bitcoin or something like that. Yep, yep. It's also good to treat yourself and um, chuck it under the business name and call it a business expense. Sure, sure, sure. No, 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 there's wisdom to that for sure. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, I guess it's more so the, uh, the spirit in which they're doing it, right? In which we, in you, in which you're doing it as well. Like you're sharing, you know, with us right now, you're sharing a bunch of what you're doing on Twitter. You're always sharing, you know, yeah. knowledge that can help somebody, and and you're not really asking for anything in return. It's just you're just yeah. throwing it out there to like, and and so I guess my question I, I'll ask on that is sort of. Um, this is something I've asked a few people, and it's always an interesting answer. Where you know, yeah. do you feel like when you're teaching, um, because obviously you're pretty damn successful for, you know, your age and where you're at right now. Um, but there's obviously people more successful, but you're, you're teaching. Does that, do you feel that that reciprocates and like makes you better at what you're doing through teaching? Through teaching. I, cause, uh, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say, uh, I don't feel better, but I, cause I've been through the path like, and I've messed, not messed up, but I've done, um, so a few things that I like make sure, like I tell people, like you don't have to do that, bro. Or like you don't have like, to, like, oh, like let's not do that. Like before they get into that position and go, oh shit. But a big <laughs> thing 
you, you can't I think it was Kenzo um, that said this. I saw it on his Instagram, but you you can't compare your chapter one, two or three to someone else's chapter ten. Um, because comparison, bro, it's the worst thing you can do. That just messes men like it just messes you up mentally. Because you could be on my Twitter, for example, and people starting out, um, everybody starts somewhere, right? Like back back like two, three years ago I was um, drop shipping and losing money on Facebook ads and then started the clothing brand nearly lost all my money in uh, during school because I thought the clothing brand was gonna like not be successful um, so yeah you really don't want to kind of compare yourself and just start what you kind of want to do um, and just just really believe in yourself but when it but when it comes down to your question about teaching I do enjoy teaching um, there is a lot of other people that are better. Like when it comes to like coaching and the way they speak, and I don't know if it's just the way they tell people. Um, but if, pe- if people like come to me for advice or whatnot, and like in Twitter uh, messages and stuff like that, I- I'd happily just let them know what's up and kind of send them links. Like it doesn't have to be me. Like if I think if somebody wants to whip up a store or kind of build a store, like a Shopify store, I know a few people that that's what they do. They help people build stores. I'll just link them, just say, yeah, this is the person for you. But if you need help within this realm, like, hit me up. So, yeah, good karma will come down the track, but always just helping people out and letting them know, like, what my tips are for what you should and shouldn't do. But it's their their journey in the end, so they'll kind of work it out. Love it. Love it, man. Love it. Really, uh, yeah, really good attitude. hundred like great mindset and good attitude. Uh, I want to kind of segue a little bit into uh, something that I think is people struggle with like crazy, man. And I think this is a kind of a, a cancer, I, I would say, in money Twitter and, and, and in general around the world, you know, people that aren't in money Twitter. But um, yeah. As far as customer service, man, client retain, let's call it client retention uh, rather than client customer service. Like, what what are your like what's your ethos on on client retention and customer service and sort of keeping people on besides obviously getting them great results which is number one but going beyond that what 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 is kind of like your ethos on that yeah so straight out of the gate right sales call you've landed the client if they've dropped a few k on your service on your course or whatever yeah 95 percent of them like they're stoked right they're ready to go, blah, blah, blah. But there is a thing called buyer's remorse where little things, the tiniest of thing could hit that and be like, oh, actually, like, did I make the right decision? Did So you want to have, I recommend having like uh, kind of like an onboarding funnel, like a click funnels, or you can make it through WordPress or anything really to have just a neat sort of onboarding process, set up a call within the actual, within the next week and kind of like, welcome them to your team, the course, etc. but really make them feel part of the community or your um, kind of uh, team and just know that you're going to be there for them, ups and downs. And, and like, you don't have to, if you, if you land a client, you don't have to be, we're going to get you like, like a 400% return. Like, yeah, we're going to smash it for you. Like you can, best thing what we do is kind of like under promise, but over deliver. So if you know you're going to get them, like Facebook ads, for example, um, let's say they're spending like 20K on ads and you know, like you, because when once you're in the space, you kind of get like a feel for it and what you can generate. And let's say, I think we can generate maybe 80K for them within the first 90 days. But you don't want to like promise that. You literally can just say like 55, 50K because then they expect that. But then once you pass that and they'll be like, damn. So definitely want to yeah. underpromise over deliver. Just always setting up like bi-weekly calls or monthly calls um, and just keeping them in the loop and just making sure you're there for them and saying to them, because we say to our customers all the time, all clients, so um, like if you need anything or have any questions, there's no dumb questions, just let us know. Um, a few times like clients ask questions because they're worried or they're fearful about maybe results or they're fearful about creatives or they're... Um, or even sometimes a client is doing something that we don't like. Like they could literally go into our ad account and edit some copy and then turn an ad off. And that was, that happened for us during Black Friday. They edited copy and they didn't turn the ad back on. And then they came to us thinking it was like, um, we, uh, we kind of like 
stuffed up um, the ads and we're like and I, was, I spoke to the team I was like did we turn out like the ads off? I was thinking damn like this is not good um but yeah found out that they actually accidentally turned it off so like well so yeah just got to stay 100% with your client ups and downs because they'll respect it like if you mess up and you come out straight and say yo we mess up here we'll do everything we can to get you to um here they'll respect that so yeah yeah, really good, really good tips, man. Um, you know, I, I love the part about onboarding and just making sure that they, just that they, that buyer remorse is is sort of, you know, leveled out. Maybe not lowered, but leveled out, you know, so they're kind of on an even keel because yeah, it's also, it can be horrible when they get, you know, they have an attitude and they get scared from the get-go and they, they don't let you do your work too, you know? And you try, you try to avoid that. Like if you get that vibe on the sales call, like I've had, I've had a handful of clients that are ready to drop a few thousand on our service. Um, but you just get that vibe where they're not going to be a client, like micromanaging yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's when you kind of step back and you're like, mm, is it going to be worth it? Um, but that's when you just refer to another agency, another agency that you're close with and yeah, sort out a commission and they can either bring them on or not. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super smart, man. I, uh, I know it's one of the most painful things and those, those bi-weekly, you know, monthly bi-weekly calls, you know, can get crazy too. How, how do you deal with that? Like, as far as like, you know, kind of staying in touch with these guys, is it, is it you doing that? Or are you like assigning that to somebody else or, um, how do you generally handle that right now? Yeah. So the on, like the onboarding call, well, that's when myself and kind of like the team jump on. Um, but with the bi-weekly slash yeah, bi-weekly or monthly calls, um, good or bad, I jump on with the team, go over mm-hmm. that again. It's long story short, it's kind of like results, what what's coming within the few months, like promos, launches, etc. And then just really kind of like dig down into a game plan. Would that be we look into the Shopify analytics, conversion rate, our conversion rate could be down. So we'll bump that up, we'll try and bump that up. Or if we're needing to add a few plugins or apps to the store or if we, yeah just really kind of and then get into the trenches and just really set up a game plan for the next month or three months it's really great man it sounds like you're really really transparent with with your clients like you're telling you know you're letting them into the thing so much so that they can understand what's going on yeah. so that they can yeah. better you know and we ask them like uh, when they when we onboard them like how much do you want us to do um and how the relationship that we have what do you want it to look like and yeah i'm just transparent and if they and because then they either want they are they know everything um and then they probably sometimes know too much and then um, they either like it or if they're getting kind of like micromanaging and kind of getting fearful then we attack that and kind of just pinpoint and uh, reassure them align with them and acknowledge where they're coming from but give them right. give them that sort of assertive um that we we know what we're doing but not in a cocky way just say like we've been there we've done it before give us some time to work this out um and if things go sour that's when you can either fire them as a client or you can just send them elsewhere yeah yeah super super smart man um so as far as you had mentioned uh, conversion rate optimization um i know that you have a partner with that are you are you partnering that out or do you guys kind of interface um when it comes to conversion rate optimization yeah so with the conversion rate optimization um you uh we work with i work with uh, another agency that specializes in that like they just do conversion rate optimization um uh, i may bring in-house um like maybe a, a media buyer that's really based within conversion rate optimization as well most media buyers are but i don't want to really um really have the media buying team doing this that that and i just wanted to focus on that so the person i uh, work with is jacob l dame that's how you say his name but he's from shavuk and he's a beast him and his team are really good when it comes to conversion and optimization um and like like i said before similar to ethan at mailbox we refer clients to each other help each other out etc amazing um, yeah 
Amazing, man. Okay, great. Um, cool. So uh, let's dive into Facebook ads for a second, man, because I know it's your uh, it's 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 what you're doing. It's what you're in every day. It's what you've gotten results in. It's how you've scaled your brand. That's not how you're scaling other people's brands. So um, just kind of maybe an overview of like, you know, somebody trying to get into this, someone trying to jump into Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what are your what are your tips and, and tricks and any kind of stuff that you just see working really well going into 2022 that, you know, people can jump on? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 2022, moving into 2022, um, uh, iOS 14 or 15 or 16, whatever, whatever Tim Cook's whipping up at the uh, headquarters. But yeah. you, you have to adapt or you die, which is sad. But like iOS 14 kind of like brought that to our attention. So moving forward, um, there's a, there's, I, I recommend another shout out to uh, the team over at Triple Whale. They are unreal uh, when it comes to kind of like attribution and stuff like that. They've actually released a new thing recently called the Triple Whale Pixel or something like that. But yeah, you want to make sure your attribution's right um, and you want to be able to kind of keep your creatives fresh as well because Facebook's moving to more kind of like AI and stuff like that and it's, it's getting harder and harder to generate results just off the bat of using the same creatives and stuff like that so just rotating creatives um but let's say if someone was to get into drop shipping or um if someone was getting into like a brand building and stuff like that and then they don't know facebook ads right like facebook ads you can try and learn on uh, facebook i mean youtube etc but if you're not confident with facebook ads or google ads or uh, anything really um you can literally hop on to, or you can either jump on money to it and kind of find somebody that will either split profits with you or you do like a sort of like a monthly thing with them or you can even hit up on the farm and stuff like that. But yeah, 2022, man, I would just say like creatives are a huge thing. Um, User-generated content is a massive thing. Like in the sort of thing, like the results on TikTok that we're seeing, unreal. So um, you can use similar like, Trend, like trending sounds and use the the kind of like the TikTok style videos that you're using within like the middle of funnel type of ads and top of funnel ads mm-hmm. as it's engaging and stuff like that because people's attention span it's not the longest nowadays so you can't you can with long story form copy for example that works really well it's engaging and hooks people in right but other than that if you've got like a minute ad playing like it's hard people are just going to swipe that thing you know people don't really jump on a Facebook and want to be sitting there for like two minutes watching that so yeah just how just engaging man scroll stopping like everyone already says but um yeah i would say creators is definitely massive moving forward huge man huge yeah so as far as user generated content can you give us uh, like an example of uh, of that or like if you know let uh, maybe using your clothing brand as a like your streetwear brand as a, an example or something just kind of give us like a little bit of insight on user generated content yeah, so UGC, um, it's kind of like a form of content such as like images, videos, text, audio that has been created um, or posted by customers, users on social media. Um, so let's say I was selling like uh, like a boss, for example, right? Anybody like, yeah. like put it like that and smiled or like send like a video and it's like, yo, this water is so nice. Like, I don't know. But that's like UGC and people... Well, UGC does, and I've learned this from uh, Lucanets, Davey, Fugati, which runs the Audi, um, and FaZe as well. Um, they're all e-com goats. Yeah, I was able to see like the benefits and types of results that UGC produces. And moving forward, UGC is extremely crucial um, to kind of like generate consistent results. And, um, it, it gives people a sense of trust. Yeah. Uh, we've seen that at Boost ROAS um and it brings like a sense of like you could say you could even say jealousy because people see um sort of somebody else that's got it and they're loving it and it could be a similar person to them and they're like yo um i really want that because UGC builds up trust and heaps of credibility and consumers nowadays are more informed and careful than they have ever been so yeah all it takes is yeah. like a single video review or images of happy customers to kind of demonstrate to them that you're a legitimate business because you can literally start a dropshipping store and if you've got ugc they kind of look at it and be like yo that 
that's like legitimate. Like that's that's pretty dope. So yeah, and it increases social proof like uh like crazy. So yeah, UGC works like a charm and we kind of bundle that into like what we do. At the moment we're doing Facebook ads, that's our bread and butter. That's what we offer straight out of the gate. But then we go into more UGC creatives, TikTok, email marketing, etc. Amazing, man. Amazing. Really good insights. And definitely anybody uh, in, in e-com, look at, look at user-generated content and, and you know, yeah, uh, listen, yeah, listen, to this, listen to what this man's saying. Um, I got a quick weird, I got a couple weird questions uh, to, yeah. before we kind of wrap it up. One of them is about intent data. Um, there's a big rise in companies doing like intent data where you're kind of starting the lead pool in the ads with sort of, you know, like, um, a, you know, AI generated, like people that are already shopping for that kind of stuff. Have you guys ever used anything like that? Just out of curiosity? No, we actually haven't. Oh, we've spoken about it, but we've never really, but yeah, intent data is like behavioral data on the company level. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what we do is before bringing on a client is look at their competitors, their competitors, followers. And yeah, we, we do to a, to a T, um, yeah. but not probably not um, as, yeah, I haven't actually read into that too much, but yeah, we look at competitors, what their followers are seeing, what their compet- uh, followers are doing, and then we can target similar sort of people to that level. And we get to know sort of like what they resonate with, where they're hanging out, uh, where they're kind of like mingling within social media and then mm-hmm. with the right data, uh, the right copy and creative. So that always helps. We get our clients to fill out within the onboarding funnel, like an audience diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So we really get to know what their what their ideal client and customer looks like. So we can because Facebook ads is more like you're scrolling and people see it and then they buy it, but they don't even know they wanted it. And then you got Google ads where they they search and their intent is to buy it. So yeah, right, right, gotcha. Good, good, man. Um, really interesting stuff here, man. I'm uh, I'm I guess you know. You mentioned creative as well being super important, um, you know, and, and keeping creatives fresh. Like how often do you guys kind of refresh creatives? I think this is like a, probably a question that comes up all the time. But just like as far as like how often new creatives need to kind of come in to keep, you know, results, especially at the scale, because I know you're really important, you know, uh, you're really focused on scaling uh, very high for these companies. So I'm kind of curious, you know, I know once things start scaling, it gets even more critical. So I'm curious, kind of like, you know, what kind of rhythm should people expect when they're doing Facebook ads? Like how many creatives do they need to make and how often do they need to switch them out? Yeah, with when it comes down to creatives, it's always good, like more, kind of like more the merrier, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's about just consistently being able to split test um, and being able to... Uh, rotate ads um i know uh staying well moving back to tiktok tiktok is like you've got to refresh ads and refresh creatives a bunch because creatives just die really quickly but on facebook it really depends because some creatives can do really well and you can use the same same ones for for a few months um Mm -hmm. and but others just don't work um but then others last a day or a few couple of days or a few weeks, but we like every kind of like bi-weekly call or monthly call. We make sure uh, the client either has a bunch of new creatives um, and we were able to get them from the client within Slack mm-hmm. or, and what we do is consistently make and get new creatives uh, from, from the creative team that we can implement within the actual ads. So yeah, we always, we're always testing new creatives. Probably like, every second or third day, always Wow. Wow. Great. Great to know. I think anybody, yeah, that's like a big question that I always had about the e-com side, you know, it's like how much, uh, yeah. how much you need to be cycling that stuff out. Yeah, um, yeah. I know on YouTube probably like, is it true that on YouTube you probably get away or like Google, you get away with a little bit longer creative kind of lifeline there, like on one creative that's working. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a, with creatives on Google. Um, uh, uh, not probably the greatest person to ask for that, but yeah, 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 I would definitely say probably you can because on Google you can have like the top photos and then the sidebar. So yeah, you would probably get away with more more time on Google when definitely right. YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, it's just because social media platforms they've seen it and they know they don't want it and they'll see it again and be like, no, nah, I don't want this. So right, right, it's that it's that attention span scrolling. Hundred percent, man. 
So we'd be testing ad campaigns, with, but within the ad campaign, there would be like 15 creatives or something like that. So, and then you right. kind of ask yourself the question, is ROAS above break even? If it is, then we uh, work out how we're going to scale that. But if it's not, you just don't get emotionally attached to it and just uh, just kind of like delete or stop the ad and kind of reiterate it or just don't run it again. Amazing, man. Really good. Not don't get emotionally attached to your to your creatives and your stuff, man. I think and in the agency space, I would say you probably are feeling that too, right? It's kind of like um, in the agency world, you're kind of testing things all the time. You're trying to get new clients in and you just have to be, yeah. you know, kind of like yeah, have distance from it now. That's it. That's it. Because even with uh, some sort of like creatives that we make to run ads or uh, scripts within emails or offers, you could be yeah. you could whipping them up for like an hour or two and you're like, damn, like this is good. Like I'm going to get so many clients or like I'm going to get so many clicks and you don't get anything. And then you're just like, oh, sweet. Like that was awesome. So, and then you just got to get rid of it or you just got to stop it. You know what I mean? So yep. it's definitely even through the whole experience of like uh, brand building, dropshipping, et cetera, you just can't get emotionally attached because that's when you, that's when the bank account drops and that's when, yeah, things just don't end well. So cut, cut the ads when they're not performing well. Um, or yeah, just really when it comes down to anything really copy or yeah. Yep. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. So real quick, um, I got a, a quick question on the, um, the sale of your streetwear brand and and kind of the process on that and um, yeah. you know how, kind of how that went down and uh, any tips you have for people that um, are looking to sell something that's profitable. Yeah, so what I used was I don't forget what it was called. I think it's Shopify Marketplace or something like that. So oh, cool. Yeah, you can actually sell your uh, Shopify stores on this uh, kind of like vendor um, exchange marketplace. That's it. Exchange oh, okay. marketplace powered by Shopify is the marketplace where entrepreneurs offer their e-commerce websites for sale. Amazing. Um, yeah, so I was pulling in maybe like uh, per month, maybe like 5K, 4 to, 4 to 5K. Profit yeah. were, were they were pretty good. They could have been better, but I just wasn't – Kind of, I just didn't know as much as I do now. Yeah. So you sold it on there, um, and people are buying stores like all the time, man. Like you could yeah. sell a store today and run it up to twenty k per month, but then because it's producing twenty k per month, and let's say profit margins are like fifty percent for easy numbers, so ten k per month, that's bringing in ten k MRR profit. People will buy that for like thirty, forty k, or even more. Um, yeah. And if you're a more established brand and stuff like that, people buy brands all the time. So, uh, and there's people in the space that kind of like build up brands once they've either had enough or they just don't they hit a glass ceiling or something. That's when they sell it. So yeah, the process was uh, pretty swift. Um, it was it was nice. Um, and then obviously from there, kind of just kind of just worked out what I wanted to do, man. Because I had all this inventory, so. Yeah, so I sold the brand and then actually sold the inventory on top of that for an extra few thousand after, yeah, the same price. So walked away with probably 20 to 30. Um, and as like a as like an 18-year-old kid, that's that's pretty good. So I was, I, yeah, was yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know what to, I put it straight in like my savings account. Looking back now, I was like, should have brought Bitcoin rare, like chucked it on some de- Decentraland land or some shit. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that's great. So, you, so are you, uh, you're a pretty big Bitcoin fan as well. Yeah, I'm really into like investing in stocks and crypto yeah. and just sort of like what's what's ahead and like Web 3.0 and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's actually going to be really interesting um, because I watched the social network the other day. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it's called. It's about like Mark Zuckerberg and the, the two brothers. What are they? Uh, Wil- Wilkin- Wilkinson brothers or that, something like that. Anyways. Oh, they're yeah, yeah, they're building their own metaverse. So that's going to, the Winklevoss twins, that's it. They're going to build their own metaverse and stuff like that. So it's going to be super interesting. But yes. Yeah, Amazing. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm also, I'm also a, you're a big, big believer in that stuff going forward, man. Yeah, it's going to be really, well. yeah, I do. I, well, I love, I love Bitcoin a lot, man. I always think that, you know, seeing what's happening like in El Salvador and just all the, you know, the, yeah, it's just a it's like a thing for the people. It's probably like the most exciting thing I've seen in my yeah. lifetime, frankly. So it's cool. Hundred percent. And you just do you um, 
do you do you accept Bitcoin on any of your like stores, or do your client do, or did you ever or do your clients uh, accept Bitcoin on the stores? The only thing I've ever done was like a done with you service, and, and he paid in Bitcoin. That's, That's all, all because I don't know how like within Stripe and the account and stuff like that. I spoke to the account, he's like, "Yeah, nah, let's just not do that." I was like, "Ah," oh. so there's been a few times, but now nah, other than that, not much. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that gets better in the future too. Now it's like there's, yeah, yeah the, the recurring the recurring payments don't work yet. There's like there's a few things. Once that stuff kicks in, I'm like so excited for all that. To yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like recurring payments on uh, what's it called on within Bitcoin. That'd be unreal, man. I think oh, sure we'll, we'll soon integrate something within cryptocurrency. I, I have to imagine. I have to imagine it's happening. Um, cool, man. Well, let's uh, real quick. Let's kind of go into uh, your plans for the future. I think we'll kind of start to wrap it up here because I'm. I, this yeah, has been sure. an awesome conversation. Tons yeah, of value yeah. for people. Um, what What are you seeing as the future? You know, of uh, JRB Media, of kind of, um, you know, where where, where do you kind of want to see all this stuff go, and what's your what's your vision look like, man? Yeah, moving forward, um, it's easier. It's like a pretty cliche. Obviously, just building it up, man, and just really making it much more automated, getting more clients under the belt. Um, and it kind of been getting to the point where we don't have to run emails, don't have to do ads or don't, um, and we just work off, uh, more referral based and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but moving into 2022, definitely interested in, uh, building up some brands of my own and, uh, really getting into the trenches again. Cause the thing is like from then compared to what I know now, it's, yeah, it's unreal. So uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what what what's in store for that. Like I'd I'd be on like stores and stuff like that, and because people come to you with the product and you know how much they're making and stuff like that, um, so you can kind of mock something up that's similar, or just um, work with the sort of like the business model and how they're operating and stuff like that, and see what they're doing internally that's making them successful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd be like seeing product and screenshotting and jumping on Alibaba and. <laughs> hitting up three PLs and being like, yo, can you source this? So yeah, um, moving forward, just continuing to stay on track with JRB, um, building the team, building the clientele, getting more into e-com brand building. Um, and just, there's so many opportunities, man. Like, for example, um, Alex from Closeify. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Beat when it comes to like sales and stuff. And um, even if, like founders and stuff or people interested in closing, like if they just want to make some spare, like if they want to use the skills that they've learned over their time and earn some extra money for themselves and other agencies and stuff and kind of like sell and their programs and stuff like that, like you can earn more money that way as well. And whilst oh, you're yeah. doing that, you're sharpening your skills. So I love crypto and investing and stuff. And there's a bunch of people that are selling like investing courses and stuff like that. And then he like, yo, you mind closing this? I'm like, yeah, man, like, I could talk about it all day. It's not, I'm not selling them. I'm just literally talking and you know, like then obviously getting the clothes in the call. So yeah, big opportunities there, man. So yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. We, we just, I just had Alex actually on the, on the podcast. His, uh, his episode came out recently. He's, he's awesome, oh, man. Yeah. yeah smart guy. Man. Yeah, man. So, uh, so awesome, man. That's, that all sounds great. I'm going to tell, uh, everybody listening, man. Um, a lot, a lot of takeaways here, man. I think, uh, you know, the, the, you mentioned failing a few e-commerce dropshipping stores too, man. And I think that's so important to, uh, to remember, you know, don't we, even if you're failing, man, just keep pushing and, um, you know, keep learning and like get to this point. Huh? Yeah. I would definitely just say like, don't let your L's define you. Like be sure to just believe in what you want and don't be too sort of like, like stubborn to maybe get like a nine to five to pay for your try like business and stuff like that. Like if yeah. you've got to work, if you're like 24, 26 years old and you're, or even if you're younger, bro, like, but you have, but you have to go get a job at McDonald's or a cafe or something just to, just to kind of like get by and like work on your business, like go for it. And if, yeah. if you're not around the right people, um, just make sure your circle's tight and for people that believe in you and kind of like, kind of see your vision and share your vision or just have similar interests because then you you push yourself as well so yeah don't love it just keep keep believing what you want and yeah 
So important, man. So important. All that, all that, all that was great takeaways. I think, um, so I'm going to wrap it up here and, and kind of say, uh, go follow Jason Blackledge on Twitter. Number one, uh, he's at BLV. So the A is like a V, B-L-V-C-K-L-E-D-G-E. So Blackledge, but the, but the A is a V. Um, That's so cool, bro. You know the vibes. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah uh, so just you know um it's got a nice little username there so yeah go go see jackson blackledge on twitter uh, you can check out his agency uh over at jrb uh as in bill uh dash media.com jrb media.com and uh you know yeah if anybody listening is an e-commerce brand who needs some help uh boosting up their ads and getting more you know people in the funnel and getting more sales uh this is the man to talk to so hey, thanks again for here, being here, Jackson. Anything you want to end with or anything like that? Or are we, are we all good? Our last thing that I would say is when it comes down to courses and stuff like that, because I know a bunch of people buy courses and stuff. Yes. Um, YouTube, like that's all you need. That's all you need, guys. YouTube, we're, we're, we're in a world with YouTube. You'll find anything and everything on YouTube. I spent over 50K on courses and I could have got the same value, uh, except for maybe one course. But yeah, you can... I would definitely say just invest that money into into your store and whatnot, but just head. Yeah, down. yeah, that's yeah. huge, man. I'm glad you ended with that, honestly, because yeah, especially in this, you know, ecom drop shipping stuff. There's some definitely some sharks out there, man, that are just kind of like teaching stuff from ten years ago, and they're not really innovating, and they're not really doing it either. So, um, yeah, cool. I agree with you, Jackson. Man, get started. That I think that's like the main. Uh, the main thing is just to get fucking started, man. You just got to get the engine moving and get the thing moving. And like you say, if you got to get a job or you got to, you know, figure out your money situation in the in the short term, it's going to pay off in the long term. That's it, man. Just, yeah, learn, learn on the way, bro. Learn on the way. Don't hang around for two months thinking, waiting for the perfect time or, yeah, I don't know, like you're moving somewhere in a month or you, 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 you've got to get a new laptop. Like, just do it, man. Just, just start and work on the way and, don't 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 fall for the buy my course for five thousand dollars just just youtube simplify things and have fun in the process bro and just make sure your circle's tight and just if, if to anybody that doesn't believe in your vision or doesn't share your vision just okay like just fuck them bro like yeah 100 100 that's part of the part of the journey man you got to believe in yourself and i i heard this quote i said it in another episode but it really it really impacted me where it's like if you're not believing in yourself 100 percent like unwavering belief in yourself you're you're insulting god you're insulting what created you man like you're you're this universe is perfect everything you're doing right now take the next step and just take the next step and just take the next step and just keep uh, pushing 100 hey well like i mentioned before man i really appreciate you having me on um really stoked to uh kind of like see what people think about this podcast and yeah my first ever podcast so i don't know how it went but hey uh, really stoked to have been on this pod. So, I awesome, man. Well, glad to have you as well, man. Thanks for being on. And uh, I think everyone listening is going to grab some serious value from here. And and thank you so much for just, you know, giving your experiences and, and some of that stuff, man. So we'll yeah, see yeah. you next time, though, man. We'll do it again. We'll check in, you know, later, a little later down the line, see what your next e-commerce cool. store is doing and, yeah, um, you know, give one. people some more yeah. inspiration. Exactly. All right, man. Well, you have a wonderful day. All right. You too, brother. All right. I really hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Always Building. Uh, if you want to learn more about Always Building, our community, our membership group, uh, and uh, exclusive webinars and trainings and discounts on software and all kinds of fun stuff, you know, get help along the journey so you're not all alone. Go ahead and check out alwaysbuilding.io. That's alwaysbuilding.io. And again, thank you so much. Um, Best of luck on your journey. And you just let me know. You can reach out to me uh, on Twitter or via email, alex at alwaysbuilding.io uh, or at always underscore building uh, on Twitter. Okay, thanks again. Have a great one.